Hey, what's going on, everybody? I uh, just finished another podcast this morning at 9 a.m. I met with uh, Ashlyn, the Lost Girls Guide. She is a real badass, and I was really pumped to have her on the podcast. We had met once, um, you know, originally we met through Instagram, and then we went for coffee together. And I just really enjoyed our conversation that we had. And so I was really happy that she said yes to come on the podcast. Um, I was able to kind of continue the conversation and continue learning from her because there's lots to learn. She has done a lot. Um, She's a digital creator. You know, she creates a lot of cool content, whether that's video, um, blogging, you know, written format, photos, um, you name it. She she does a heck of a job on her social media. She She's an award-winning travel writer, uh, former Saskatchewan Wanderer. Um, she is a ambassador for um, just a couple small companies called McDonald's and NFL Canada. <laughs> you know, it's pretty crazy what she's done, um, given that she's from just small town Saskatchewan. Uh, she's really done a hell of a job in building her brand and building her business. And um, Again, it was just a real treat to sit down and chat with her. She's traveled to about 60 different countries, seven continents. Uh, she's a teacher by trade. And, um, you know, looking back on the podcast, I always have my regrets. And my one big regret on this one was I didn't ask her about her tank photo. There's a photo that I posted before of her sitting in a tank. And I really wanted to to just ask her what that experience was like. Because it's like every young kid's dream to sit in a tank, at least for me. I always just thought they were so cool, just indestructible. Um, But anyway, other than that, the podcast was awesome and I really loved it. I learned a lot. Um, So I hope you guys uh, enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, Podcast number 36 with Ashlyn, the Lost Girls Guide. Enjoy. I'm just hitting record, but we can, yeah, yeah, we'll just... Some people go to coffee shops and love people. I want to hide away. I want to tuck mm. myself. Like I used to study in the bathroom because there were no distractions. I'd sit on the floor of my bathroom <laughs> and open up my books and study there because like I couldn't get distracted by anything around me. So <laughs> really, yeah. <clears throat> so it's funny because I'm almost like the opposite just because I'm here all the time. Like so, I go to coffee shops. Like not that I'm like talking to anybody but I just like other people around like you know and I get that at the gym but I and I don't go out I'm not really that social but I just like being in a coffee shop because there's other people around you know it's like like, smile and wave it just makes me feel a little bit like less of a hermit yeah because like if I and I need the wi-fi too yeah which is nice because it forces me to go there like if I didn't need the wi-fi I'd be a bigger hermit and I just <laughs> yeah. probably wouldn't be the band just me and Layla here I just yep. start looking more and more like her okay let's see this just got to make sure I got this up mm-hmm. these are the, the five questions at the end okay so one thing that I wanted to uh I might, I might do the intro a little bit differently, like where I, um, you know, at the beginning I was like giving people like a separate kind of like intro just while we're like right here and then we just kind of go into the podcast, but I'm going to try something a little bit different with this one, I think. I might just do the intro like by myself, like after the podcast, just depending on what we talk about and then I can kind of share like, you know, if you're into this kind of thing, like this is what we get into, blah, 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 and then, yeah. I'll, then I'll just transition like right into the podcast. So sounds that good. sounds good to you. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> So, I'll give you a little intro just because yeah. you got a, a bunch of badass titles. <laughs> so, I got uh, Ashlyn here with me in the van. It's uh, 
9.18 a.m. Wednesday, a little bit cloudy outside. I got my side doors open with uh, Layla just sitting outside on the grass, being calm, which is rare. So it's gonna be a good day. Um, Ashlyn is someone that I've really kind of been watching from afar. Um, I've been following you on Instagram for a little bit and she's, she's like a legit badass uh, adventurer, traveler, um, what are you, a uh, uh, content creator? That's like what they usually say. Yeah, content creator. Um, she works with the NFL, McDonald's, Cliff Bar. Are you still yeah. Cliff Bar? Uh, that was a one-time contract. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So you've done like some really like big things with your social media, which is awesome to see. Um, it's something that I hope to do eventually down the road, but um, so I basically have like a celebrity in the van right now. <laughs> a lot of people always joke about like me being like, you know, broken famous. <laughs> you're like next level <laughs> it's awesome thank you <laughs> yeah so yeah i appreciate you coming on the podcast it's Absolutely. awesome yeah. thank you for having me yeah no worries um so where are you from so i grew up here in saskatchewan in a tiny little town called leslie i think the population leslie. is maybe 10 people it's not even it's like a special service area now it used to be like a town and then a village and then a hamlet <laughs> and it's just gotten smaller and smaller really and so grew up in a farm around there okay yeah. usually places get like bigger and bigger but it's like <laughs> yeah. just not much there kind and it's, of thing. A, it's a farming community so you have all the people around the town oh, so it is bigger but right. the actual town site is, is okay. pretty small huh, but, so yeah. small town saskatchewan yeah small town farm girl that's cool yeah so what, what do your parents do? So my dad's a farmer. Okay. And my mom's retired now. She worked in the bank for um, 35, 40 years. Okay. And at the Royal Bank. And then she's retired now and has been for a while. So she helps dad on the farm too. Okay. Yeah. So not uh, a very adventurous... Uh like, did they travel a lot? Like, were they, like, kind of crazy parents No. outside of work? Or? No, because the summer season is so busy for my dad. Like, from spring until harvest, right? It's just go, go, go through the different growing right. stages. Yeah. Um, so we just spent a lot of time on the farm. And, mm. you know, I, I dreamed of tree houses and the trees that we grew in the shelter belt around the yard. And right. just had fun adventuring with my brothers. And they did take us on a few trips. I remember them so specifically because they were really special. Like couple winters we went out to Fairmont and went skiing when I was in elementary school and my first trip overseas was I think I was in grade nine and my grandfather's from England so me and one of my brothers and my parents we flew over to England to meet another one of my brothers who was living there at the time and we traveled around and kind of traced some of our ancestry there mm. and that was my first time on an airplane first time really yeah so is that kind of uh, did that spark like kind of a deep interest for for more travels or did it not really feel like that at the time it didn't actually like it was wonderful and really cool and amazing and I loved it but I just never really thought about travel as an option and even when I went through I came to Saskatoon I've been here for almost 15 years years now okay. and um, I did five years at the U of S and I remember a girlfriend of mine we had met at university and she really wanted to do a study abroad to Australia and I remember thinking how crazy that was I was right. like what you want to go somewhere else like that's just right. too crazy too insane I was comfortable here and um, it's really interesting she never did end up doing the study abroad and for me when that was my reaction to then after university have traveled as much as I did yeah. it was something that came after I kind of I guess maybe grown up a little bit yeah. and yeah. wanted to see a little bit more of what the world had to offer mm. so you traveled out of the country just once through high school like yes. you just did one one trip yeah and one then, trip in high school so then out of high school you went to university 
Yes, straight from high school to university. Because you're a teacher by trade. Yes. I just saw you recently yes. posted. Yeah, and I knew that yeah. before, but it was just a good good reminder. Yeah. So you went to school to become a teacher. Yeah. And you got like, is it a degree? You get a degree in that? Yeah, so yeah. I have an English degree and then an education degree okay. as well. So. And you, d- you didn't want to... You didn't want to be a teacher. I had, I, I often tell this story where the summer after I convocated, um, I had a job interview fall into my lap. So a teacher who was also a professor thought, so knew of a job opportunity within Saskatoon Public School Division that had come up and she thought I was perfect for it. She had told the principal about me. She said, just reach out to him. You'll get an interview. When you show up, wear a ponytail and yoga pants and runners, like don't show up in, in a suit or work right, clothes, right. like go really chill. Cause it was kind of for an outdoor education program essentially. Mm. And I showed up to that interview and the interview went well, there was nothing wrong with it. But when I walked out of the interview, all what I could think about was please don't like don't offer me the job really because if they offer the job I don't think I would have been able to say no at that time because there was all that life pressure of you go from high school to university you get your job you buy a house you settle down that like white picket fence ideal yeah and there's nothing wrong with that but at that time it just didn't it wasn't what I really wanted right and so thankfully I never did get the job offer (laughs) um and so at that time that summer this is the summer of 2010 I was thinking of going abroad for six months. It was on my bucket list to chase the sun for a year. So six months in Canada, six months anywhere else that was sunny, skip the winter. <clears throat> and I was thinking of going to Australia. So I didn't want this job opportunity to interrupt those travel plans. Right. Even though that trip terrified me too. Like I didn't know what I was getting into and uh. to travel solo in six months. It was like, it was a lot of change for me. So have you always been like that intuitive where it's like you, you know, you go to university and then you apply for, or you get this job but then deep down you probably just had a feeling like I I don't really want this like I don't feel this right now so were you always kind of like that sensitive to what you liked and didn't like or did it take a while for you to kind of like figure out what it is that you wanted to do it was a combination of both um I've always trusted my gut intuition gut feeling whatever you want to call it even traveling I think that's what's kept me safe after so many years on the road is trusting you know when something's not right, you know right. when something isn't a perfect fit, you mm. you get that feeling inside and I really, really trust it. But that's actually why my brand is called The Lost Girl's Guide to Finding the World. Cause even yeah. after doing high school and university and getting the degrees and knowing what you should supposed to be doing, like I should have been a teacher. Right. Um, it didn't feel right, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do. I was that kid that loved a million things. Mm. So high school, I was, you know, vice president of the student council. I was in drama. I taught dance, like ballet, wow. tap and jazz. I played basketball. Track was my big thing that I was really good at. Like I did everything and I've always been like that. It's never right. been one thing that's interests me. So the Lost Girls Guide is the fact that I did what everybody told me to do and I still didn't know what I wanted to do or it still wasn't right right and it wasn't until after I had done all this traveling that I feel like I really discovered who I was and what I'm really passionate about and really interested in Mm. and I've kind of honed that over the years like I know what I enjoy and I don't want to waste time now on things where I'm like I've tried it I don't like it right right. I don't need to do that now so it's a bit of both yeah and so did you feel like um you know like pressures from other people once you kind of decided that like I you know you just didn't want to be a teacher at that time like did what, what did your like parents or your friends or just your the people in your life what did they were they putting a little bit of pressure and judgment on you or how, how did that go there was I think 
And this was, even back in 2010, people didn't travel as much as they do now. Like, at that time, I didn't right. know anyone who had been to Vietnam and even right. Southeast Asia, really. And now I feel like a ton of people have been. Yeah. And, you know, my cell phone didn't have Wi-Fi, right? Right. It was just like, even though, I guess it's almost 10 years ago now, but That's it was still crazy. a different world yeah. than it is yeah. today to travel with, like, I didn't even have a cell phone when I was traveling right. for the oh, first wow. bit. Or I bought one locally, right? I oh, bought an shit. Australian cell phone Isn't so I could crazy? use it like, in Australia. 2010, you said. Like, it's a seems like like so recent but yes. yet it, yeah it's it's like basically 10 years ago like yes. we didn't have a lot of this like and i think that social media has really helped people travel too because totally. you get to see like how cool another country is and you get to see people from your country have fun in other countries and it kind of makes you want to go there absolutely yeah. it makes the world so much smaller right. so even at that time my parents have like they've always been so supportive my mom is my best friend like we spent hours on the phone and even That's though awesome. sometimes she's been like, you know, think this through or like, is this the right fit? Um, she's always supported me no matter what I've done. And she's been nervous and scared, especially when I've gone, gone to some countries where it sounds like it should be scary and dangerous. Right. They're often not. Right. Um, but I did feel a lot of that pressure and I did have people ask me when I was going to get ready to start real life. And wow. that would push at me. And yeah. so I'd push back and I'd be like, this is my real life. It's that just, would rub me the wrong way too. Yeah. It's just different from what you think real like what right. a standard life is supposed to be but right. you can build your life any way you want but right. when you do something that's I guess outside of the norm you do have to push back at people yeah. and it was hard but I'm pretty stubborn and determined yeah. so and I had goals and I was focused like I my philosophy was if I could spend five years learning in an institution in university I could spend five years traveling the world wow. So it was like I was focused on a goal. Right. There was a reason and a purpose. And That's a lot of growth too. Like if you think about five years of like kind of the, you know, the, our educational system, which there's a lot of benefit in it. You know, some of it might be, you know, I don't want to say a waste of time, but you're really like learning how to learn. Absolutely. And then combining that with five years of traveling and like real life, like cultural differences and like that combined like holy shit that's a lot of growth that's awesome it is and and as a teacher I would never say don't go to university don't seek further education absolutely that is so important but the growth that I um, had in the things I discovered while I was traveling solo like it was yeah. it's made me who I am today 100% it was life-changing yeah. it's tough to beat those like real-life experiences where I'm sure you had scary moments where you're like by yourself you just end up in this country and like that's when you really get to know about yourself and have that self-awareness and know yeah. you know and just get better at seeing red flags and staying safe and but yeah. knowing when to be adventurous and say yes to life you know so it's really cool yeah and I, one thing I did want to talk to you about so now like you know I know you went you traveled you know once in high school but that was with family yes so yeah. now that you kind of realize that you don't want to be a teacher and you want to travel what was it like when you first decided that you were going to travel and was it by yourself did you end up going by yourself yes um so i was terrified it was so scary and even even now anytime i go on a trip that's just completely on my own not work related and i'm by myself i'm still terrified yeah. it doesn't matter how many times i travel i am always scared because you're going into the unknown right. and you're going on your own yeah and there's always something new to learn that i am continuously humbled by how little <laughs> I know and how the like, more you know the less you know right yeah. um, and so that yeah going into that first trip 
knowing that I was going to be away for six months on my own. And I chose like, and that's easy. a big trip too. That's not like, Hey, I'm going on an all inclusive by myself <laughs> yeah. to live like a, you know, a queen for seven days yeah. and just have buffets and free drinks. <laughs> it's half a year. It's the yeah. longest I'd ever been away from home. Wow. And, um, I, I often end up like crying the night before really big trips just cause I'm never packed in time. I'm always packing too much. It's just really stressful. I'm, I'm doing all the last minute stuff. Right. And my dad, um, he, he always gives me these wonderful pieces of wisdom and he just said, he's like, you know what, Ashlyn? He's like, get on that plane and go tomorrow. And if in a day, a week, a month, whatever it is, if you want to come home, just come home. There's nothing stopping you. You're not right. proving to anybody anything. This is a trip for you and about you. And if you need to come home, just book a flight and come home and That's nothing awesome. else matters. And so that simple piece of wisdom it has just stuck with me right. right if if you don't like something stop change it yeah do whatever you need to to stop not right. liking it right and so you seem really good at like facing fear because i've heard that Ooh. you know it's like the fear never goes away just some people are good at having the courage to go head on with it and just say yes even though they're terrified you know like fighters do it all the time it's like every time you sign a contract it's still terrifying you're still getting in there with someone else but you still do it anyway and traveling is the same thing starting a business it's all yeah. scary stuff but to some people are good at just saying screw it i'm gonna do it anyway i think maybe it looks like i'm good at it it doesn't yeah, yeah. feel <laughs> yeah. like i'm good at it you got even... a good poker face then. <laughs> yeah. we call that a poker face in fighting like if you get I hit like with that. something or if you're like you know you're walking out you got to like look calm and stoic and like i'm ready for Don't this but in it. your head you're like ah, <laughs> you're freaking ah. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's awesome. even with my business today every day every time i get an email i'm terrified yeah. of what it's going to be because the decisions i need to make around it can right. i do it is this beyond my comfort limit yeah and if it is, it's a good thing. Even even recently, I hosted um, FIBA 3x3 basketball yeah, yeah. was yep. in Saskatoon, yep. and I was asked to be one of the hosts for it. Crazy. And I was terrified. Like, I have a background in basketball. I played in high school, and I loved it. But nice. I was like, I've never hosted sports games and huge live audience. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was downtown. Really cool setting. Yeah, yeah all really in cool. downtown Saskatoon. They had the yeah. stadiums built up. And, That's awesome. Um, I literally was on the phone with my mom walking across the bridge to walk up to it on day one with like absolute stomach turning and oh, yeah. twisting and butterflies and on the phone with my mom being like mom I am so scared because I don't know if I can do this and then I got there and I did it and I learned so much and it gave me so much more confidence now for future events right. like that too so things always scare me <laughs> it's so crazy and that's I, I kind of like you know it's kind of it, maybe it'll be a reoccurring theme on the podcast is just having people that are just good at going towards fear things that scare them and it's like that's typically kind of for one has the most growth on the other end of it yes. you know if you're always just living in comfort and doing things that make you feel comfortable and you never have that like holy shit moment there's not a whole lot of growth and some people like that like they might genuinely like just not like that anxiety feeling and, yep. I, and I get that and you know, it's different for to everyone each their own but yep. You know, I'm always just interested to talk to people that are like, they just have it down. It's like they're they're terrified, but they say yes and they show up. And then I'm sure you felt this, like, even from you doing the podcast, I'm always like so scared. And then like five minutes in, you're just like, whatever, like start talking and it's fine. You make it work, you figure yeah, it out. Yeah, and just if jump you, in. If you make mistakes along the way, that's where you learn from too. Yeah. Mistakes are okay and I don't even I don't even consider them mistakes they're just learning opportunities yeah. Yeah. and I think that's one thing I learned while traveling was there were so many times where I was terrified and either you just had to do it right. or you did it because you were terrified and I um, that feeling I get in the pit of my stomach when I'm nervous about something that means I should do it right 
because if I don't, that's me chickening out, not pushing those limits. So right. it was like the FIBA 3X3 when they asked me to do that. I was like, oh, I don't think I can do this. But then I was like, actually, you know what? I can and right. I will and I'll figure it out. And now sometimes you have to prep for days and months and hours in advance, just like your fights, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't just walk in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You spend a huge amount of time preparing yeah. for that moment. Right. So preparation does help when so you're do, learning things. Do you do any kind of like... Um, like mental preparation before you do like like on your first trip do you do any kind of like visualization meditation or just any anything that kind of prepares you to face those fears or you just kind of like fuck it i think most <laughs> of the part just kind of like bullheaded going into it yeah. um i find lists really help me that's kind of my vis visualization i carry a book with me everywhere and it kind of has it's like a to-do list for every day but it's got at the front of the book is my goals for 2019 or mm. goals of things that I want to purchase because I'm always on a budget. So I'm like, if I want to buy this thing, how can I save up for it? Right. Um, money's a really, really important thing for me, especially in terms of how I managed to save to travel right. for the world. Because I was $40,000 in debt with student loan wow. and you know, still traveling the world. So it is possible. Right. Um, so yeah, I have a book where I have, I guess, all my like goals and plans and ideas and just daily Mm. whatever it is I'm working on. And that gives you like a little bit of structure for your mind just so you're not so scattered and like get lost in the fear almost. And overwhelmed. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's a good word. That's the biggest feeling is both the fear and feeling overwhelmed by things. Right. Because there's some days where I, I don't even know where to start and then once right. I write it down, put it in lists, mark things off and then cross One brick at a time, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Baby so, stepping. So with your first trip, where did you go? So I did Australia, New Zealand and Fiji. Okay. For six months. Nice. Yeah. So that's because uh, I know you've been in some pretty wild countries. You, you know, I guess Fiji's a little bit wild, but like relatively safe first trip. You know, yeah. in regards to being similar to Canada. You know, I've been to Absolutely. Australia, and I was like, okay, this is kind of like Canada, but they got we cool look accents. Yeah, we look Australian <laughs> yeah. Yeah. until you hear our Canadian accent. Right. So it was. It was simple and safe. Well, I shouldn't say safe because everywhere is safe. It depends what situations you put yourself into. Right. Yeah, but Australia's got some saltwater crocs, great white <laughs> yeah. sharks. You want to call those <laughs> yeah. safe, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> go say um, hi. But I felt it was the most similar to home right. and a great place to start from to then get into countries that yeah. I felt a little out of my comfort zone or right. just didn't, didn't know the culture, so I had to learn it and understand it. And so... While you're traveling for this, you know, when you went to Australia, Fiji, and, and uh, New Zealand, were, was there social media then? Were you on social media? Um, there was Facebook. Like, Facebook okay. came out in 2007, and this is okay. 2010. So there oh, is yeah, yeah. Facebook. I don't know if there... I don't think there was Instagram yet. Um, so I was on Facebook, but the first couple years of traveling, I didn't post anything. The Lost Girls Guide actually came about in uh, the very end of 2013. So what I, I would travel for six months, then I would come home and I drove a tractor for the city of Saskatoon during okay. the summer months. And it was like an April or May job till about October. Okay. Um, I did this through university too, so I had lots of seniority. It paid fairly well. Yeah. And then that in the summertime let me come home and I decided I wanted to start a blog in 2013 because so mm. many people were asking me questions. How are you doing it? How do you afford right. it? Yeah. What are some tips about going to this place? Um, and people just wanted to know so much of that information. It felt it felt like a good idea to put it all in one space on the internet so people could just access it. Right. So that summer of 2013, I started working on my blog and I launched it, I think, in October. I had this weird, at the time, like I know so much more about marketing now, but I had like a launch 
um, I didn't tell anybody about it really. I just launched everything on that one okay. day. And this is all written form blogs that you're writing. Yes. Yeah. And I had the associated social media with it and kind of had like announced something that was coming up. And, mm. um, and then that, that year I was heading down to South America. So I ran the Lost Girls Guide through my South America trip and then for part of my Africa trip. But that's when I came home to do the Sask Wanderer job okay. was in Africa. And that was the end of my five years of travel. So it was okay. near the very end of it all. So the, yeah, and I did, I want to get into that a little bit just cause I, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to are like kind of big into social media and I, I enjoy it as well. Um, so the Lost Girls Guide, it started out as a written blog. There wasn't much of like yeah. video stuff and the Instagram, like photos weren't like super huge where you had like an edit and a cool caption. So yeah. you started out writing. Yeah. Um, and then used Facebook to promote that and a little bit of Instagram to okay. promote the writing. Wow. Yeah. I still do that today too. So I blog about it. Yeah, are you still, are you still my... writing? You're still blogging? I do, but now they're mainly sponsored posts. Okay. Um, so, and most of them are like, you know, I, I, went down to Winnipeg with Travel Manitoba and Tours in Winnipeg and then I wrote a blog about it. So that was part of the agreement was writing the blog plus the social media while I was there. So mm. it's a great static location for people who are searching information because you lose things in the social media feed. Right, it's like you post right. something and then it's gone and yeah. nobody's going to scroll back to find it. Right. So a website is a great place to put all that information. But to be honest, blogs take a huge amount of time. Yeah. And I sell most of my stories and most of my writing to other blogs or magazines. So you don't... Like I probably write... 50 to 75 articles a year for oh, other wow. clients wow. and some for my blog so you don't always see everything I'm writing but I'm writing a, a ton right. yeah you live an interesting life to, to write about so I'm sure that's why they're kind of going after you it's like you had so much experience to pull from yeah you know so one thing that I wanted to ask you is like what was the first country that you went to that you were like holy shit like this is pretty scary because like I'm just thinking about like myself if I were to like travel alone like I'm a pretty like physically capable man and even I'd be a little bit like holy shit like where am I going so like I, I wanted <laughs> to like lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah like so I wanted to ask you like it's like what was the first country that you were really like this is kind of scary like you know maybe you heard some rumors about it or whatever and then you know maybe just talk a little bit about that fear but then talk about the fear maybe going away once you got there realizing that maybe it's not so dangerous because I know the media and just just people not even just the media but people in general just hear about like and you know some country in Asia or Africa and they're like oh that's dangerous it's like well, where'd you hear that just the some news. person yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> somebody yeah, told yeah. me something just once. yeah just so you know what was the first kind of place where you were really like scared and then what was it like once you got there so I think um after I did like Oceania I'd heard so much about Southeast Asia so my next trip for six months was to Southeast Asia and I flew into Bangkok and that for me was just everything was so new yeah and so different just so many people and very different from what I was used to back in Canada and I remember being terrified and I don't plan a ton in advance either like I think I was booking where I was staying that night like in the airport on my way there really um yeah I'm usually pretty last minute <laughs> about things <laughs> and it's funny because you're so disciplined in some areas but it's, it's kind of cool that you free balled in others like I know you're I listened to the podcast with Dale 
with Saskatchewan yeah. Podcast Network. Yeah. And, and you talked a little bit about budgeting and like it was just everything that went out and came in, you were writing it down. Yes. So it's like you're, it's cool to see that you know when to be disciplined, but you also know when to just live and just yes. show up and, you know, do and your thing. That's part of the hard thing too, because I do live on such a shoestring budget or especially at that time it made traveling harder. So do you know what's really easy when you get to an airport and you catch a taxi and you just tell them where you need to go and they drop you off at the front step? That is very easy. That is the easiest way to travel. But when you're on a shoestring budget and you don't have that 20 or $30 to pay for a taxi ride, you're like, okay, I'm gonna take the local bus. And like I've even, I was in Panama a year or two ago, actually probably in 2016, oh, it's a few years ago now. Again, I got off at the airport and I went to take the local bus and I actually took the wrong bus and it's all in Spanish too. So it's like, it's like 10 at night. I'm on like the local bus, not the airport Uh, bus going in completely the wrong direction. I was going to a different mall than what I thought. And like, it's like, it was such a funny experience because this bus, they have like all these like glow lights along the top of the bus and they're just pumping music and like, it's just like a party. It's like a party bus, but it's just (laughs) you're scared by yourself and there's (laughs) just like bass going like, sitting with all my stuff in my backpack and there's no other there's no other tourists or travelers on this bus i'm with all of the locals and we show up to this mall and it's like 10 at 10 or 11 at night and i'm like is this the mall i'm supposed to get off i was like i thought i thought it was like a 40 minute bus ride this has been like 15 minutes and so in my terrible spanish i'm like oh excuse me like i'm looking to go here like do you know where this is and they're like oh you need to get off the bus it's like back there so then i get off the stop past the bus and it's literally like dark alleys and i'm like oh no ashlyn <laughs> you're getting into trouble here and do you have like bear, like like pepper spray on you or anything you don't, you don't roll with, yeah. like i carry a multi-tool so i can like cut my cheese when i'm making my sandwiches say back of a butter knife <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um there's a screwdriver on the other end <laughs> yeah 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 um and so i was like oh shit like ashlyn you should have maybe plan better double check this is the right bus and this is after my five years of traveling like i'm supposed to be some world <laughs> yeah. traveler and know yeah, you what i'm have, doing like, a purple belt and traveling already right <laughs> like yeah i have no <laughs> yeah. clue every time i go to a new country and so i was like okay who can i ask like who is approachable on the street because there's lots of people outside there's lots of stuff going on um and so there was these two guys and i think there was a woman nearby and i just walked up and i was like oh like in spanish i asked if they spoke english and they immediately responded in english they were um, from Panama City, but they could speak English as well. And I was like, oh, I'm looking for this hostel. Like, do you know where I'm going? I had no internet, no maps or anything. Wow. I just had like the information. And um, this is one of those travel moments where you trust your gut. They, we started chatting and I think the one guy had visited Montreal and it just gives you that common yeah. ground. Right. And they actually offered to give me a ride to the hostel I was staying nice. at. And so it's like, oh, don't get in a vehicle with strangers, especially when you just show up to a city and you don't know where you're going and you <laughs> yeah. don't speak the language right. and it's dark and night and a Friday night. Right. But you just trust how you feel about yeah. people. And I hopped in the vehicle and actually the one guy, his girlfriend or wife was there and I think they had like a little kid in the back seat. And when you see those things too, right. you're like, oh, it's, you just know. Just connecting it and just felt trusting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they gave me a ride. So that jump from Southeast Asia to, to <laughs> Central America, but just kind of those moments where you're absolutely terrified, you think right. you're in a bad situation. And then you're like, okay, what do I need to do to like figure this out or make right. it work? And it's just constantly feeling like Mm. naive and dumb and s- yeah. silly about things but then you learn from that yep. too but yeah southeast asia 
there were times where I definitely felt culture shock, especially crossing from Laos into Vietnam. I found okay. the culture is really, really different. Mm. And, you know, I went to a restaurant. I don't speak Vietnamese. I didn't know how to order food, so we just kind of pointed at things. And, That's okay. So and hand it, gestures. Right? Like, but 40% of speaking is, yeah, is, I get, is yeah, that, right? Body language. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I remember in this tiny little restaurant, this woman, like, I was traveling with another Canadian at this time that I'd met there, and she served us the food, but we didn't know how to, like, mix it together, what to do or how to eat it. So she literally walked over and, like, she, like, <laughs> just mixed the you. things together <laughs> yeah. and, and, like, kind of showed us how to eat okay. it. Okay. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And yeah, you always feel stupid, but you can't learn if you don't put yourself in those situations. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So were there any um, places that you went to that you were scared and then when you got there, it kind of proved to be a little bit scary? Like, did you have any kind of countries that were like, okay, this is kind of a, a bit of a sketchy place or like, I don't feel comfortable? There have been areas of places mm. that you get that feeling. I would never say anything as big as like a country or even like a whole city. Right. But there are definitely sections of cities that I have been in where I'm like, should I be here? Is right. this safe? Um, and you get that feeling. And I, I had a bus ride. I was traveling from Ecuador into Colombia. And people have a lot of preconceived notions about Colombia. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's changed a lot recently. Um, yeah. It used to be known as like a huge drug country. Yeah. and um, it's one of the most amazing countries I've been to and I mm. can't wait to go back one day But this border people recommended flying guidebooks recommended flying between the border crossing because the border crossing was known to be fairly Sketchy dangerous, yeah. whatever. Right. Um, but I didn't have money um, Travel between countries there is really expensive by air even though they're Seems really close. It's a lot of geography, but yeah, yeah. Um, and I was on this bus and I was sitting next to uh, like an older man and he kept insisting on talking to me in Spanish and I knew enough to kind of understand things and he had a ring that he wanted to gift to me and I was like I don't want to take your ring like what is going on here like oh you just cut it off someone else's <laughs> finger and here this is for you yeah and I just I was like this is so strange and he was asking me about crossing the border and if we wanted to cross together and I was like this isn't a good situation yeah. like what is going Red on flags. here yeah and he, like, I actually, he gave me the, the ring, um, and I still have it. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> um, because it just felt rude at that point to not accept it, because right. I was like, no, I'm good, thanks, like, I don't need this, but he just kept kind of pushing, and it, it was a moment where I was like, this is uncomfortable, this isn't an okay situation, right. I am not crossing a border with some old, older man, like, but you're stuck on this bus sitting next to him, and so you're like... you have to be kind, at least. Yeah, yeah, you can't be rude, and that's that's one thing I've really learned is, like, it's easier to get out of a situation by being polite about it than right. being rude, but then sometimes your politeness can be misconstrued as something else too. So right. me smiling at you might mean I'm actually terrified, but I'm trying to polite myself out of the situation. Right, but they might see it as like, a, oh, oh, this person's smiling at me, I'm gonna go talk to them. Very friendly, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm very approachable and friendly, and I chit chat with a lot of people, and sometimes people misunderstand what that means. It's just me being friendly. It doesn't mean anything more than that. Right, right. Um, so it's just being very aware of that, or even there's a lot of cat calling in Colombia. So you mm -hmm. walk around and you'll get all yeah. sorts of calls and whistles and men talking to you, and it's really uncomfortable and sometimes they're really, really insistent with it. Right. So it's actually easier to turn around, smile and acknowledge it because they're just being so forceful right. that if you acknowledge them, they kind of just leave you alone then because right. they got what they wanted out of it. Yeah. Um, I know I had a time I was walking through a market and just these guys just kept kind of leering at me like that. And 
lots of it's in Spanish and slang Spanish, so you don't always know what they're saying. Yeah. And it gets really uncomfortable. And that again, would be scary. Yeah, yeah. But I and I have had like I've never touched wood, been been robbed, but I have had moments that I've been like, this is not okay. Right. But I've managed to kind of remove myself from the situation, and that I wouldn't say is because it was that country. It was more just because it was that situation or that time of night or that location or right. things like that. Yeah. yeah. You you must get so much like street smart from all your travels like seeing different cultures and just kind of having that awareness to know it's like hey i think now i need to turn around and smile at these people just to get them to back off this is freaking me out yeah and i'd like to say yes that you do get more street smart and i have but even then i still you go into a new country and it's different and even you just don't know how people act or react or how they view you is like you know i recognize my privilege as like a white blonde haired north american canadian woman too and walking into some of these countries and how they perceive westerners and the wealth and and the privilege behind that too so being aware of that and it's it's very nuanced and it's very complicated and i think still a lot of it goes over my head yeah because there's just so much to it right um Hmm. But yeah, you definitely learn a lot and learn yeah. a lot fast yeah. <laughs> and feel stupid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the one thing I, so let's get into um, your kind of your social media business right mm-hmm. now. Cause I, I find this super interesting. Like, you know, you're from little town in Saskatchewan, Leslie, Leslie. Yeah. Leslie and here you are with like this juggernaut of an Instagram like your platform is pretty big like you work with NFL McDonald's yeah. Yeah. you did the one thing with Cliff Bar which is still badass yeah. Yeah. Um, who else are you working with is there, are there any other big names that I'm missing um, I've done some work with Husky Fuel um, oh, yeah. and even I've done Transit. yeah Saskatoon Transit recently yeah. I did some stuff with them um, sometimes it's hard to there's so much going on yeah. I feel scatterbrained sometimes but because a lot of people I think are like you know they're on social media and they are trying to maybe maybe they have a business and they're trying to grow it or maybe they just have like a personal brand that they're trying to build momentum and like work with companies and eventually earn revenue from it yeah. did you have that intent when you first I guess you started with blogs but and it came from like a genuine place like you just wanted to share your travel stories with people and just put it on a platform but did you ever think that it was going to turn into like a revenue stream um not fully and even now it still kind of surprises not surprises me but I'm like oh that's really cool that I've monetized this because when I had started blogging you find lots of websites in there like here's affiliate links here's how to advertise on your blog here's how to earn money from it and I'm like that's cool but that wasn't like you said my primary purpose I just wanted to share knowledge and information with people who are interested in it right um and then I think it changed for me when I became the Saskatchewan so that was mm. in 2015 that was at the end of my five years of trans- travel. It was the perfect perfect transition from what was I going to do after I did this five-year travel plan? Because mm. again, I was still that lost girl. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And I got the Saskatchewan job. And so it was, um, for those that don't know, it was a job with the government of Saskatchewan as their travel blogger for an entire year. And the program is still active today. Yep. And I knew that was my year. That was my year to network and build relationships and connections with absolutely anybody I could that year in Saskatchewan or wherever that Mm. was my chance so I knew if I hustled that year and I had lots of plans and targets and goals going into it that at the end of that year maybe I could take my blog full-time so that year I stopped blogging as the lost girl's guide just because there was kind of conflict of interest I did some I went to Africa I went to California and wrote stuff about that Um, but otherwise it kind of went dormant for that year 
and then when I came out in 2016 so again with the budgeting um, I had been able to save enough money when I was a Saskatchewan wanderer that I could either take an entire year off to travel again on a shoestring budget for 12 months or I could see what I could do to launch my business. Mm. So I kind of split it. I ended up doing six months of travel and six months of like work. Interspersed that, yeah, <laughs> interspersed that whole year. Yeah. Um, but that also has let me live a year ahead of myself in terms of money. So mm. everything I'm making today in 2019, I'm going to live off of in 2020. Oh, wow. So right okay. now I'm living off of everything I made in 2018. Nice. And again, it's like a pretty strict budget yeah, about how yeah. I do it, but it gives me that 12 month buffer zone that I know if, in, if for six months, nobody pays me a penny, I still have six months to go find a job without right. being completely bankrupt. Smart. Yeah. And so... Um, the year I was a Sask Wanderer, it was every connection I could make. And, you know, I, I pitched out, can I write for your magazine? Can I write for, like, locally? Can I, can I put something in this, like, um, tourism quarterly that you put out? And so I would write it for free. Or um, CAA Saskatchewan was a partner, so I asked if I could write something for their magazines, again, for free. Right. Um, wow. But I was getting paid as the Sask Wanderer, and it was a connection, so I shouldn't get paid from that and then that relationship grew and I still work with CAA Saskatchewan today I write for their magazines pretty much every issue since they've sent me to Europe to do a cruise on the Danube they sent me to Newfoundland to do a a 10-day road trip around the province so it was those relationships that that first year of business in 2016 I think every single penny I made that year was the result of a relationship I had built Mm. in 2015 that's amazing yeah like something I, I I just read in a book that I'm reading it was it was uh, the chapter was called invisible fences and this mm. guy was driving down a grid road and saw like a dog training facility and it said invisible fence and then it talked about like a method of training dogs like at first you put up a real fence and the dogs are within that fence but eventually you can remove the fence and they still think the fence is there invisible fence and humans have that same thing we have like boundaries just from how we were raised in our surroundings that kind of have us locked in an invisible fence but that year that you took to meet more people and make more connections every time you meet a new person it can expand that invisible fence your mind just grows a little bit more and you think of more possibilities like you you maybe take something from someone else the fence grows and grows and grows so it's cool that you I like that yeah it's, it's something I've been thinking about a lot because like the, the few podcasts that I've done with guests like I've been trying to connect that a little bit like you know they'll meet a certain person and all of a sudden that invisible fence just grows and you know taking a whole year off just to make those connections even if you're working for free your idea of what is possible just grows more and more so it's very uh intelligent of you to to do that it's really cool to hear and Um, i've i even today even you know it's been four years i still have people who reach out to me because they met me as a sask wanderer mm. or met me years ago but now today they're looking to bring me in to speak at something or write something or so those relationships are really long term or you don't always realize when you've built that relationship how it will end up working out for you in the future and it's it's all about building relationships with people to find success and even sometimes my social media feels so kind of solitary sometimes Um, especially because it's just behind the scenes in front of a computer screen where you're doing a lot of it so when you can actually get out and see people and meet people in person it makes so much more of a difference versus like emails or phone calls 100% yeah I'm glad you said that because it's it's something I've been thinking about and it's the reason why I, I there's a number of reasons why I want to start this podcast but 
I've been on Instagram. Like, I'm fairly active on Instagram. Like, just a lot of stupid stuff. But I love I'm, I'm yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. I'm quite active on it, but I was feeling that too. I'm like, okay, hey, like I, I enjoy the creativity of it, and I like I enjoy doing that. But I, a part of me would feel really connected with people, but then I would feel disconnected. But I was like, a podcast actually gives me a reason to send someone a message and be like hey do you want to chat for an hour in person in person and now it's like I get to learn from you or whoever else I have on and that alone just makes so I I really need that both of it like I love the creativity and just being a silly goose on Instagram but like now I need I was needing a little bit more I was like I need to make like real connections here and just Instagram is is really good but it's always better when you can meet online and then meet in person, in person. Like, ah, there, there we go yeah. that's that real connection and I found too the last year has been really really busy for me like at times I feel like I'm drowning because there's just so much stuff going on and mm. not enough hours in the day and I found because I've like I'm I've been burnt out or on the edge of burnout so much in the last year year and a half and I've stopped doing a lot of the things that I used to do so like even hanging out with friends like they right. might see me once every three or four months and um, doing things I'm really passionate about outside of all the travel and adventure I do. It's tricky because it blends. Yeah. Like this is this is my real like life. Yeah. This is what I love to do, and I do it as a job, but I do it personally and like figuring out separation sometimes mm. when it's like, but I want to go hike, but I can take photos of these hike and write a blog or a story right. or social media. So keeping trying to have some sort of sane separation there, but. And how do you do that? Like it's still figuring it out. Yeah. But for me. Um, it's less about the photos and the content and more about the actual experiences. Like I can go out and do an incredible, beautiful, wonderful photo shoot and have some of the best photos I've ever gotten. But if there's no story behind that, cause it was mm. just a photo shoot, then I don't have anything to share with people right. that I view as valuable, right? Mm. Like a pretty picture of me doesn't add value to anybody's right. life, but a picture of me in a location where people can say, Hey, I could see myself there too. Right. And then the story about what it was like or what it what it was about mm-hmm. that's what I like to do more of and sometimes I feel like you get caught up in the aesthetic of Instagram my social media channels are very different too right but you get caught up in the aesthetic of Instagram because that matters as well yeah. that you need to remember you need to have a story there and something meaningful right. but that also takes time to put that together yeah. too so it's always a balance but for me adventure always comes first yeah I would rather just go do that hike then get photos of me doing that right. hike. Well, because that and that, like being present during that hike is where you get the story to tell. Like if yeah. you're really like <clears throat> present, you you know you see a moose or an elk, and you're like you know you almost slipped and fell off a little cliff. It's <laughs> yeah. like then you're like dialed in and you're really like learning. But if you're yeah. just like oh, here's a good photo, here's a good photo, here's a good photo. Then by the time you're done the trip, you're like, I don't even know what just happened. I know we got good photos, but like I didn't really experience that hike. That hike. Yes, that's exactly it. And so that's, that's something I struggle with all the time too is finding that balance, making sure I do get the photos I need, but then being like, hey, I need to, because photos take a long time too, yeah, yeah. right? Even now I have to go do an NFL photo shoot and I have like my tripods and the gear really? and I need to like go set up somewhere and it's going to take it, you know, one to two hours depending what I need to get out of it right. to do that. Well, it's the and, NFL. You got to take your time. Um, like yeah, my, my photos are like, and post. Sometimes that works too <laughs> yeah. though, right? And, right? and that's what I found is I can have a terrible photo, but a great story yeah. and people don't care about the photo because it was about the story or right. you know you know what i find funny is people can tell even through text if it's genuine oh totally like i i've been noticing that like sometimes i'll read something and i'm like 
that's bullshit. Yeah. You don't even mean what you just said. You're just yeah. regurgitating or parroting what you heard from someone else. Yes. But you didn't actually learn that, and now it's you sharing it. Yeah. But I can I can always tell when someone writes something, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's legit. Everybody can. and that's, that crazy? That's something I struggle with, too. And in, in, when you work with bigger companies, they have a very specific message that they mm. want to share. And it's something I've been thinking about, too, because they're like, no, we want you to be authentic, but we need you to list out these right. seven yeah. points about our product. Uh, and then you send them the copy, and then they change it on you because they're like, oh, we need to be very specific, or we need to add this in. And I'm like, I get it. But by at, by doing that, you've actually just taken away the authenticity yeah. in in my post. And so yeah, I, it's, it's, and I, it's something I really, really struggle with is... I now advertise, particularly through Instagram, that seems to be where all this advertising is happening, yeah. and they don't do well, because I don't always, it's not my authentic right. voice all the time in it, and people can see and read through that immediately, yeah. but I don't know what the balance is, because, and you can talk with these companies about it, but sometimes, because the companies I work with I am genuine fans of, if they just let me, if they right. said, hey, we need seven pieces of content throughout this year, this is kind of what we're thinking, go ahead and make it. I'm like, oh man, there's so many times that I could have had a blast just doing silly stuff. Yeah. And it's when I'm not trying to advertise for the company that it comes across as really genuine because yep. that's me actually using their product right. or whatever it is. Yeah. But it's when they ask for those bullet points about a specific product mm -hmm. and you're like, I might not even, you like them for something like, maybe something that they offer but there's another product that you haven't actually tried before and it's right. hard to advertise that when you haven't tried it all the time but you're still a fan of the whole brand right and so balancing that and then you have the people who would be like well I just wouldn't do it and I wouldn't accept it and then you have the people who you know I still do some of them even though it's not as natural as a connection as some other aspects of their brand have right, been right, for me right. if that makes sense yeah um so that's been a really big challenge for me is like how can I make every partnership an authentic one and right. speak honestly yeah but it gets really tricky when you're putting their words in there too I could only imagine like do you, do you take any kind of heat for posting ads like do, do you ever get like comments or people DMing you being like enough with the ads like not usually um, when I first started um, I had some kickback very minor though yeah. and I think that's the thing is I give out content for free all the time. Right. Tips and advice and the DMs and the messages that people get. You know, like I'll open up my phone and there'll be like 50 messages from people and you have to respond, oh, you don't have to, but I respond to all of them. Right. And like the time I spend on comments is just probably insane. Yeah. Um, I don't even <laughs> want to track it to know. <laughs> yeah. um, but when people do have comments like that, I tell them this is actually a business. I am running right. a business here. Yes, this is me and my brand. But this is also a business and this is right. how I can keep doing what I'm doing because right. the people who follow me aren't paying me. Right. So unless you want to start paying me, like an occasional ad here or there is right. the way that I can keep doing what I'm doing so you yeah. can keep getting free entertainment and information and practical, useful inf yeah. info. That's awesome. Because um, I, I feel like that sometimes with like a podcast, like I listen to podcasts all the time. And what they've been doing now is they've been doing like in the middle of the podcast, they'll just hit you with a with an ad. Mad. And at first I'm like, you son of a bitch. Like, yeah. But then I'm like, you know what? These guys put out free podcasts like three times a week. I listen to all of them. 
and if they want to you know that's how they make their money so i just tried to like understand i'll sometimes skip through it but like instead of just getting like upset with them i'm like look they're running a business they're putting out so much free information for me (laughs) like you know and i don't buy their products like i don't buy anything really (laughs) exactly and most people don't right yeah so it's just like tv uh commercials Right, you watch your favorite program for thirty minutes, and you sit through seven minutes of commercials. Right, and everybody's used to that now. Yeah. and I think everybody's just getting used to ads on Instagram too. And people are being hit with more and more ads as well. And so that's something I've been thinking about too: is what is the future of personal advertising? Right, where is it going? And is it going to be everybody's advertising something now with a ten percent discount for some right. product? Yeah. Um, and then how effective will it be in the long run when everybody's advertising? Because yeah. then eventually people just tune out because it's too much right. advertising. But then there will be a new platform I was or just going to say, and that's how they all die. Like Gary Vaynerchuk was talking about this. He's like, um, like marketers, it's our job to kill that platform. Like we're going to just go all in and just advertise, advertise until the public is so sick of it a new platform arises yes. you know it's like we had nextopia myspace msn facebook and like eventually facebook and instagram are probably going to be a thing of the past totally and already i can see the shift from facebook um to other channels too because i even i spend way less time on facebook than i used to yeah and i like i still use facebook for my for work because it is face ever lots of people in saskatchewan use facebook i think yeah. like 90 percent of people are on facebook if they're on a social We're old media channel. around here yeah a little bit but it's effective for my audience so yeah. that's fine because but even then i know like i worked with a local company who they only wanted to use my instagram and i said here's my facebook and my twitter and the pr agency running it was based out of a different province so they don't actually know firsthand the region that i know as well as i do right, right. i know this area this is this is my place and I said you know I would recommend using these other channels too and of course it was you know they have to it's advertising so the cost was higher because we're using more of my channels than just just Instagram but I said you know like this is where a lot of the audience is hanging out where you want to reach them at but they didn't realize that and they didn't know that because it's different where they're from right yeah yeah, and it was interesting hearing some of the back end of their campaign that they were they were struggling with it a little bit because they didn't realize where people in this region are on on social media geographically you can be different yeah yeah that makes sense so it was just recognizing that and understanding it and then seeing yeah where advertising is Mm. going and so what was the when was the first time that you like experienced like or had a company reach out to you and like earn a little bit of money online that kind of was like oh shit like this can happen like i can make money doing this Um, like what was the first kind of you know what's the first penny you made online i that's a good question i'd have to go back and look but i think one of the biggest ones for me i've been working with mcdonald's canada for two years now wow just coming up to the end of two years it's it's crazy like mcdonald's i know and i love the billion dollar company (laughs) and like i it's so funny too because i genuinely ate a big mac around the country around the world in every country i could that had a mcdonald's and and tracked the price of it and like took photos of me eating a big mac (laughs) all these mcdonald's around the world like a legit mcdonald's fan legit 100 percent like they die right hard person. hardcore <laughs> like mcdonald's if you look at my credit card <laughs> it's like all mcdonald's awesome. whether it's like a dollar coffee or right. like i'm going for the full-on big mac yeah, or mcflurry's super hardcore fan and so i love working with them and when they reached out to me i was kind of like what yeah <laughs> like, yeah what was that like was... like for me like i don't even know i'm trying to think of how i would react like i would just start laughing i, I think, think i called really? my mom yeah, <laughs> yeah really? i was like what mom 
And this was at the very beginning stage in one of the first contracts I read. And, you know, you're like, what do I price out at? What do they value me as? And even today, like pricing myself is one of the hardest things ever because everybody has a different idea of what your value is and a different budget they're working with. Um, That for me was a really, really big one just because I am (laughs) so genuinely passionate about McDonald's and so hardcore (laughs) about it. That's awesome. Um, So how... like how do you kind of you don't have to say any numbers but how do you come up with like a price you just kind of like you know do do you look at other people that are doing that do you contact them or you just you know this is how many followers I have this is how many views I get on this so it's it's really hard because people are really hesitant to talk about money nobody ever wants to talk about it out loud and especially if you're like that's interesting if you're another influencer or content creator and you're in the same niche like you don't want to tell other people what you're making but I'm um with those people I'm really honest about them with it I even I actually reached out to another creator who had worked on a same campaign before me and I was like hey like we knew each other from a previous campaign but I was like hey what was your experience with them and then I was like do you mind if I ask what you charged and then I said this is what I'm going to charge and gave my number to them so they felt more open to share with me because you can't grow and learn unless you talk with other people, yeah, right? That's the only way to learn. And like, you can learn by experience too. And that's part of it is my first couple of years of business were really, really hard. Like I, it was, I was making so little money and I was like so tight with my money to just live because I was barely making anything. Mm. Um, like technically I think it's below the poverty, poverty line in that first year. And I knew I had to live on that the next year. It made it really hard. And I know if I'm resentful for doing something, I need to ask for more money right. because it takes so much time mm. and effort. So that was something that That's I've really a, learned. A rule of yours. Is feeling resentful about doing things and either not That's getting paid for it or yeah. getting paid so little it wasn't actually worth the input time and energy that you put into right. it. And even today, um, I get offered free press trips to go somewhere where travel, food, accommodation, everything is covered and you get this amazing free experience. And <clears throat> sometimes it's actually, I say no to it. And people are like, why would you say no to a free trip? Because it is time consuming and exhausting and requires a lot of a, a lot of work during that trip as well as after that trip and right. it burns me out for energy for projects that I'm getting paid for right so it sounds silly to say no to free trips when they're fully paid because that's everybody's dream how yeah, to travel yeah. for free right but it's actually not just a free holiday this is just it's a work trip yeah. and I'm there for work and I get to do fun things while I'm there but it's like then I still need the photos and the social media right. and the editing and I find behind it and those days are you know you start at 7 a.m. and then you don't end until 11 or later sometimes because people yeah. often they'll go out and kind of celebrate with everybody else on the trip but then you do that for four or five days and then you can't work on other work while you're there yeah and you have to do that and then you still go home and have their work to work on so they get really exhausting mm. so I found I've been limiting how many of those I accept now because right. you just can't do it all or it has to be something that I'm super excited about yeah. or really want to do that's interesting the, the resentment <laughs> thing was it got me thinking like this communication is so huge like it's like you don't want to I'm just thinking about like even like relationships that I've been in it's like sometimes you'll feel resentment and you don't always like voice it and then it just builds up and then you're just kind of not li- living your best life. Like That's you're exactly not, it. So it's like if you feel undercut, like you're not getting paid, it's like you have to express that. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to do your best work. 
yeah. you're going to be like angrily typing and like, yeah. You know? And I have, like, I've written things and I've been kind of snappy about it. And I'm like, okay, you're right. like, you need to step away, delete the email, come back yeah, to this yeah, later, yeah, you don't yeah, need yeah. to send that. Um, Worst <clears throat> burger I've ever had. In the- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but and that's the thing is like recognizing your worth right. and then standing for it. But then, but then there's this complicated balance that if you don't do some of those things for free, you don't get your name out, you don't get introduced right. to people, you Fine don't build line. those connections. So is the networking opportunity worth it? And that exposure worth it? Because I like to joke around that like exposure is what you get in Canada when you go outside minus forty without a winter jacket on, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes exposure works amazingly and then sometimes it does absolutely nothing right or sometimes you don't even see what it does right for you so it's for the most part i think getting a shout out or getting reshared or posted or whatever it doesn't really give much kickback it needs to be a very niche specific targeted shout out yeah for it to really give you the benefit of it. But yeah. then when you're just starting out, you need opportunities and experience. It's it's that catch-22, right? right? You can't get the job because you don't have the experience. You can't get the experience because right. nobody's giving you the opportunity to. So you have to lower your price <clears throat> and just maybe work for free. Prove yourself. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't recommend people to work for free because right. your work is worth something. But yeah. even now, I still accept things that are unpaid, but I keep it to things I'm really passionate about. Right, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a good place to be where you can like, you know, maybe not pick and choose, but at least just do the things you're like, you know what, I'm really into this. This is going to be a good experience. I'll learn from it, maybe meet some cool people yeah. and then you can do it. But you're not like, you know, just getting forced to do things by, you know, yeah. big corporations or, you know, big boss or anything like that. Yeah. I'm just going to check the time. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> so we're at, uh, we're at 58 minutes right now. I'm just going to do what I did with Dylan. I'm going to stop this. I'll save it and then we'll reset it and we'll do the five questions. Yep. Okay. Uh, so i got to make sure I do this right. Okay. All right. We're back. So I had to, uh, shut the app off and then restart it. Um, and now we were, uh, we're at the end of the podcast where I do the five last questions. So, like I said before, they're, they're kind of different every time. Um, so you can't really prep for them. Uh, but first I just want to say thanks for coming on the podcast. This is fun. And I, I learned a lot. And, um, again, you're someone that I really look up to online just because there's a lot of like a lot of nasty stuff online and you're someone who's just always doing fun, adventurous stuff. You're well-written, you take awesome photos and you smile so much. And like, (laughs) that's really cool to me. Like, I just like seeing, like every time I turn on your story or something, I just like have to smile. I'm like, ah, she's smiling. She's having a good day. It kind of just changes my day. So I appreciate what you do online. It's awesome. And in real life. Well, thank you. That means a lot. No problem. All right. So question number one. I'm nervous. (laughs) Oh, this one's nice and easy. So it's going to be funny. Like if somebody is going to be listening to all four of my guest podcasts, like I usually start the first question is like about food. So it's the same thing here. So traveling can be amazing, but it can also throw you out of your routine, which can be scary at times. Is there any type of food that makes you feel comfortable or at home while traveling? Potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Potatoes. That's the farm girl in you. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm potatoes and pizza. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the comfort food that makes you feel. Yes. Like you got a little bit of Canada in you still. And I don't even eat a lot of potatoes like at home, even though mom always sends potatoes up from the garden all the time. Um, But that's just something that I used to eat plates of potatoes. That's awesome. Okay. That's a good answer. And then pizza. You can get pizza anywhere around the world and it's always good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's hard to mess up a pizza. If you screw up a pizza, like you suck it. <laughs> yeah. It's like cheese bread, like just that, and just sauce. cheese and cheese bread. Cheese and bread is good enough. Yeah. I call that pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So there's a two parts of this though. Um, and what country has the best food? You know what? I really loved Thai food. Thai food? Yeah. yeah. And just the street food that yeah. they had there. That was my first experience with street food too. And nice. Yeah. Do you got like a, oh, it's, it's not like a food truck, street food. It's like carts and like little, just like tables yeah. set out. Hey, yeah. 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 The beginning cool. of food yeah, trucks yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Good answer. Uh, so number two, do you have any kind of daily routine, habit, or ritual that enhances your everyday life? Could be meditating, journaling, uh, eating healthier, exercising, etc. This was something I really struggled with when I first started. I I stress eat, and so I gained mm. a lot of weight because I just go to the kitchen every time something stressed me out, which was a million times a day. Yep. Um, so I decided that I'm going to pay myself to work out. So it's like I'm allowed at any point in the day to go for, I like to run, so that's usually what I yep. end up doing, to go for a run. And that is keeping me healthy, keeping my brain healthy, getting me out. So I won't leave my house for days. Right. So that gets me out of the house. And even now I have my running gear in the vehicle. I'm going nice. to go for a run along the river. Nice, good. Um, but it ebbs and flows. I don't run every Every single day this summer I hardly ran at all even though I've logged like the first couple months of the year I logged 600 kilometers wow. um, so now I'm getting back into my running season once summer is over but nice. running is kind of my I listen to audiobooks podcasts nice. turn my social media off and just pound it out on the pavement good nice yeah. good answer yeah that, <clears throat> it's funny that's something that I've been thinking about because I, I started running after I read uh, shoe dog the oh, Phil Knight story, phenomenal book. One okay. of the best books I've ever read, okay. to be honest. Like, it it's to not my just a, like, yeah. And I'm not a runner, but I was reading the book, and like, it made me cry three times in the last chapter. Oh. Yeah, like I, I'm like not in real. It's, I joke about this a lot. I'm not that emotional, like in real life but like if i watch a movie or read a book i'll like start tearing up and yeah the last chapter i'm like why am i crying this is like a nike (laughs) like it's like a business book um but anyway really good book and it made me started running and it was like i didn't really think about running as like oh this is going to be really good for my body like i i you know i train all the time like i'm in relatively good shape but what i liked about it was the mindset like just the kind of having that inner (laughs) hi layla that inner battle that you're kind of like there's no one in front of you you're just running one voice wants you to stop the other one wants you to keep pushing so it's kind of that fine little setting uh, goals (laughs) yeah exactly you're like keep going keep going so i just like the uh kind of moving meditation so so running for you that's kind of your your daily habit or ritual that enhances your life makes you feel good yeah and it's easy and it's free and you can do it anywhere anytime i'm a midnight runner so and you run in the cold too you create i I saw a photo that you posted you had like (laughs) icicles on your eyelashes and you're like oh just went for a jog i was like no it'll be 11 30 at night minus 40 in the middle of winter and if you see somebody out running <laughs> that's insane super weird but yeah crazy cool all right so number three uh you've been to 60 different countries and uh, about 60 about are you that, yeah now? i don't even know now okay. i'd have to sit and track I, I think it's 60 I, I read your instagram yeah. so yeah all right so you've been to 60 different countries and experienced so many different cultures what is the biggest lesson you've learned from your travels people are the exact same everywhere wow people may do things differently and it may come across a different way but at the heart of everybody, they just want the same things in life. Just, you know, health, happiness, family, and Amazing. connections with other people. Simplicity. It, yeah. That's so, I, I, it's funny. I, I think about two different things when I think about like our education system and what I would like to see different. One is self-defense. 
Like I think martial arts should be like if you if you're gonna learn how to play badminton, you should probably also learn how to defend I yourself. So agree with that. So that, but then also traveling to get experience from other cultures and to see that that's such a good lesson to know because like there's a lot of headbutting right now. People just are attacking other, you know, whether it's religion, cultures, country, city, you name it. So it's kind of cool hearing someone who's really traveled the world that that's what you came back with is everybody's the same we all just want the same thing you know love connection roof over our head good food and health health yeah that's awesome yeah very good answer that's cool i didn't really expect that hmm. i wasn't sure what i was expecting but that's hmm. awesome all right number four what is your favorite failure and how has it helped you grow as a person could be a bad job bad breakup failed test health problems etc you know, it's funny because even the word failure, I don't ever really view anything in my life as a failure. Mm -hmm. um, they're just opportunities to learn and grow from. Yeah. Um, oh, this is a good one. Because I don't think of it that way. Right. It's hard to think of it. And so I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. help you out while you're thinking. Like for, for me, I thought about this and for me, it was an accumulation of bad jobs like so I just had so many bad jobs that made me feel rotten inside yeah. that forced me to say like you know what it's worth getting rid of your house and selling all your stuff moving into a van just to do what you love and train martial arts and teach you know kickboxing and Muay Thai so for me and again I'm kind of the same way I just like I didn't know what other other word I could use for failure but like I always view things through a martial art lens like whenever you start something you're a white belt you're expected to be clumsy, inefficient, to mess up over and over and over again. Eventually you might get a blue belt, a purple belt, and eventually a black belt, but it's like, you know, you're not a, if you come to my gym and you're a white belt and you throw a jab wrong, you're not a failure, you're a white belt. It's you're okay. Learning. You're learning. Yeah. So um, with that being said, is there anything that you can think of off the top of your head that, that maybe didn't go your way, but you just grew so much from it? You know, I think I'd have to take some time to think about this because sure. I think that happens every day all the time I think one of the things I'm always trying to figure out and learn is just personal relationships with other people um, I'm very positive and I do get along with a lot of people but then there's the people who just they're they're not your people right and everybody knows who these people are and figuring out how to build those relationships with people who you wouldn't just naturally connect with like you and I we get along really well this is super simple but yeah. So how can I do better to connect with people where it isn't quite as easy? Right. And so, again, I don't view that as a failure, yeah. but that's an area of my life. And because people are so diverse and different all the time that if I'm disagreeing and I'm pretty stubborn and headstrong and sometimes I'm a contrarian too, mm -hmm. which can rub people the wrong way. Right. And I'm so used to, I run my own business. I have very specific ways of doing things like maybe I do need to take a step back and check myself so right. I think it's more in terms of kind of that stubbornness and right. personal relationships and mm. realizing those those moments for learning right. that might be a different answer than what yeah. you're looking for no that's okay but, um, it, that, that's a tough thing like I, I struggle with that too is like and you're probably really good at it by now just because you've traveled so much and met so many different types of people that you've you know called like a chameleon like this brian callum he's a guy that i follow and they they call him a chameleon because he, when he was young he he grew up and he'd moved around a lot because of what his parents did but it forced him to just blend in so it's like if you know it's like the jocks are over here well now you, you just become a jock and you kind of get along with them but without being fake 
Yeah. You know, there's that mm-hmm. kind of fine line. So yeah, that's interesting. Just kind of building those connections that you're not like naturally just fitted towards. Yeah. And yeah. how you can make them work and, and mm. if you can. Or, right. You know, yeah. Towards. If you can. And if yeah. you disagree, you know, how to not get too fired up about disagreements or is there a middle ground that you can meet on and, right. and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's an interesting thing too now is like, you know, you're seeing, there, there's a lot of like nasty stuff online with like people disagreeing, like you're not allowed to disagree. And all of a sudden now it becomes like a, a nasty conversation where it's like, it's okay to disagree. It's even okay to be offended. Yeah. Like people are offended all the time. It's just like, it's okay. We're just different. We have different perspectives. Shake hands, part ways. You don't have to like start like just being nasty towards yeah. each other. And so. people turn nasty really fast. And I think one of the biggest questions you can ever ask somebody is if somebody says something offensive and terrible or horrible in your opinion, ask them why they said that or why right. they feel that way. Yeah. Because then you're not just attacking them and saying, hey, no, you're wrong. This is dumb. You're saying, hey, can you explain to me what led you to saying something like that? And then right. you actually might get some more insight that yeah. it doesn't mean what they're saying is right in your opinion. Right. But it gives you a better insight and can help you learn. But it's not always easy to do that either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's not really like a failure, but you're just trying to work on those personal connections with people that you don't like naturally fit with. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, All right. Number five. Last one. The big one. Oh, boy. No, this should be pretty, pretty easy. Uh, When you die, how do you hope to be remembered? What do you hope people would say about Ashlyn? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hopefully I will have inspired people to kind of look beyond their own backyard or look in their backyard for things to see and do an adventure. Um, And hopefully push people to try things they wouldn't normally do by just doing it myself and then sharing information with people on how they can go do those things too. Um, and then hopefully people will think I was, you know, a positive source of information for them. But I think mostly it's, it's, again, it comes back to personal relationships and knowing that I've like built up and maintained those great personal friendships, family, Mm -hmm. you know, hanging out with loved ones. That's what a lot of time on the road has taught me is that, yes, you can be away from family and friends and you can Skype and you can tune in for Christmas day through your cell phone. But Um, And I don't need to be with my family at Christmas as long as I'm with them when I'm here. So putting in the time now to hang out with family, to build memories with people. That's awesome. Good answer. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's, you know, I don't know you well, but like if I were to like, you know, if you died and someone asked me like, what was Ashton like? I'd be like, she was an adventurous, smiley person. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Yeah, if I could simplify it in that way, like that's what I think of you. I just think you're adventurous, you face fear and you smile the whole time while doing it. And that's it. It's awesome. It's, it's refreshing. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's all. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me yeah. on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing the podcast. I appreciate. It. I know you're a bit of a celebrity, so it's nice <laughs> oh to come down to, to Peasantville and do the podcast oh in the van. <laughs> thanks, Ashley.